All right, are we good? We're going to get started. Is that cool? Um, we're going through uh, these parables. And I say, I say that like we've been doing it for a long time. This is week two. Okay? Anybody who's here remember which parable we talked about last week? Pop quiz. Yeah. Anybody else? Add to it. What else? Uh-oh. Dang it. They say good sermons are remembered for seven days. That's well. That's very accurate, actually. Daniel what? 12. Daniel 12. What about it? Remez. Remez about what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. What else? What else did we talk about? Come on. I talked for an hour, so you got plenty to tell me. Yeah. The wheat and the weeds look the same until harvest. Tell by its fruit. Good. What else? Even if you weren't here, now you know the parable we're talking about. And you can cheat. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I knew you'd remember that, dude. Why does he? Why do you remember stuff like that? <laughs> it's the first thing I saw when I pulled up. Gosh, I talked about so much, and you got to talk about the worst part about the entire message. Pain, Pain. Suffering, rage, and deep anxiety. She whiz. I'm not going to say what I want to. What else? Anything else? The Lord plants. Yeah. The Lord plants. What else? I cut you off. The Lord plants the seed. <laughs> this is my feedback that I get from Madison. Hey, how was it? What did you think? Did it make sense? It was good. And then we go to bed. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> last week, last week, what did they do? I don't know. <laughs> Yikes. Obviously stuck with everybody. Um, I, My laptop's about to die, so I'm grabbing the charger. So tonight we're talking about another parable. Anybody want to guess? Ooh, good guess. Virgin oil. No, I'm not going in order. No, not good Samaritan. This is good. This is good. Look at you guys. Good shepherd. Nope. I'll give you one more guess. Because I'm trying to buy some time while I plug in my computer. Class coin. Nope. Wedding feast. Nope.
What was the other one? Woman at the well? It's not a parable. Prodigal son, nope. The what? The forgiveness one? <laughs> What's that one? The one about love. The one Jesus told. That one that Jesus told, it was super good. So this one, the parable that we're talking about tonight is only found in the book of Matthew. Ooh. Okay, so the... Uh, um, it's only found in the book of Matthew. And this one was a little bit interesting of a, of a study, if I can use that language. Um, just because... Uh, I, I should just get into it. This parable starts off with the kingdom of heaven is like. Okay? It starts off like that again. The kingdom of heaven is like. And I need you to keep in mind that this is not... Not where this this is not a glimpse into what heaven's going to look like. It's a reality what is going to take place today. This is a culture parable, not a destination parable. Does that make sense? Okay. With that said, I need you to kind of inject yourself into this story. Okay. Into this parable. Okay. As we read this thing, I need you to soak it up, drink it up, so that we're all on the same page as I kind of riff through it. Okay. Because I'm gonna, I kind of want to play a lot of. I, I want to go after this in kind of a different way, and I don't usually preach this way. So have a little grace with me, okay? So turn to, huh? Okay. Um. All of us have been been dealt a hand in this life, right? Some kind of way, right? All of us have been given. Has anybody played poker? Yeah. It's okay. I, I, I play poker. It's, I'm not going to pray for you. <laughs> okay. Um, but poker, you get dealt a hand and it's what you're stuck with. And you can either bluff or you can play it out and see, see how good it is. Right. And see, Hey, okay, where am I, where am I measuring up in this? And in this story, in this parable that we're about to go through, it kind of, it kind of captures the same thing of, of what hand we've been dealt and what we're going to do with that hand and how we're going to position that hand in, the, in regards to the way we approach life. Does this make sense? You with me? Okay. So some of us feel, and I'll, I'll kind of throw the first punch, if you will, some of us feel like we're entitled to something greater because of our longevity in something, right? Think of this in your like workplace, or maybe you experienced this like in your, in your schooling, in high school. You, as a senior, felt like you were entitled to something more because you were there longer, right? But actually, all students get the same treatment, hopefully, right? Same thing in our kind of walk with the Lord, right? It doesn't matter if I grew up in the church or if you just got saved tonight, <laughs> right? We all are entitled to the same reward. If I can use that language, we're all entitled to the same reward when it comes to the Lord. But a lot of us feel a spirit of entitlement because, oh, well, Lord, you know who I am, right? <laughs> 
And that spirit kind of overcomes us of, hey, remember who you're talking to kind of thing when you're talking to the Lord, right? And you get frustrated with him. It's like, Lord, how long have I served you? And my prayers aren't getting answered. That kind of stuff, right? That, that spirit of thinking is actually rooted in a works-based faith and a works-based belief system, right? Where I'm entitled because of my longevity. In my workplace, I'm not entitled to anything just because I've been there a certain amount of time. I have to, I have to show up. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to do stuff, yes? When it comes to the Lord, it's different. <laughs> Longevity doesn't mean anything with the Lord. Whether you've been saved for 50 years or you got saved tonight, your reward is still the same. Now, does anybody want to take a guess on what parable we're talking about tonight? Yeah, that's great. Turn to Matthew 20. Matthew 20, verse. it starts at verse 1. And I want to read this all the way through and then kind of highlight a couple things. And um, I don't see this message going too long. So we'll, we'll, but famous last words, right? No? All right. Thought I'd get maybe a hallelujah or something. But I guess we're Baptists tonight. Hmm. So, Lord, we love you. I pray as we read your scripture that it would jump off the page, land into our heart, and that it would change us for the rest of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 20, verse 1 reads, and we'll go through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for the vineyard, for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, um, he sent them into his vineyard. And going about uh, the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you go into my vineyard as well, and whatever is right, I will give to you. So they went, sorry, so they went. Going out again in the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. He said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to, the, to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning at the last up to the first. And when the hired uh, of the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired uh, came, first came, they thought they would receive more right? <laughs> but each of them also received a denarius. And receiving, and receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. 
I chose to give the last worker as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I chose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. All right? There's our parable. Immediately, you're probably thinking, man, I don't know what to think right now. Sounds a little bit shady of the boss, but also I've got to agree with it because I know who the boss is, and I'm not allowed to push back on that, and it's just this this weird tension that is immediately at our doorstep, right? If we're being honest. Yes? Why would he do this? Because he knew the reaction, right? He knew that, oh man, this doesn't seem right, right? He knew that they would be jealous. First off, I want to get out some vocab stuff, okay? Does anybody know what a denarii is? A day's wage, okay? So it makes sense for the first guy to agree to that, yes? But the last guy, he hit the lotto. He worked one hour, it says, okay? So that's the first one. What's the third hour? Does anybody know what the third hour is? No? Nine o'clock, boom, baby. And then the sixth and the ninth hour are noon and three, and then the eleventh hour is five. And closing time is six. So now we can kind of put all, all the timeline together stuff, or, or all that stuff together, yes? So it's interesting that we learned last week that the master had his own plot of land and sowed the seeds, yes? Yes? Yes. In this same story, he's doing the same kind of thing. It's his land, and he's giving people responsibility over it. And saying, hey, this is my land, but I'm bringing you into it. And it's actually your privilege to be brought into it. How many of you know that it's our privilege to be brought into it? Yes? yes? The Lord is not lucky to have us. We're lucky to have him. We're lucky to get to work. We're lucky to be those laborers. Yes? I know that's a hard thing for millennials and Gen Zs to hear. It's hard. I know. I get it. But at the end of the day, it's a good thing to work for the Lord and serve Him. But it's a sad reality that, oh man, I'm jealous that the person is getting what I want. Right? When we've already agreed to it. Right? We could look at this story a couple different ways, right? The obviously the, on paper and what Jesus is talking about is that this, this reward or this payout is salvation, yes? Okay, that's the easy, easy kind of thing. But what if I were to plug in some different things to this? Salvation, maybe that's the, again, that's the, that's the meaning of this parable. But what if I plugged in breakthrough? What if I plugged in, oh man, I've been praying for this my entire day, and then one dude prays for it for an hour and gets it while I... What if I plug in healing to this? I've been contending for so-and-so for a very, very long time, and then all of a sudden some, some dude walks in for an hour into, a, into just the right place, right time, and boom, gets healed, and here I am. What if I plugged in these different things? Because then it makes a little bit more sense. 
of where the spirit of jealousy actually started bubbling up in those first group of workers, right? Oh, I had to slave, I had to fast, I had to pray for this, I had to go, I had to contend, I was at all the intercessory meetings, I was at this, I was that, this, this, that, that. you get it? And -and so-and-so shows up for an hour, (laughs) and boom, gets what, exactly. Anybody ever felt this way? Jesus always kind of puts these nice little subtle one-liners in to these parables. And this one he closes with, last week he closes with, if you have ears, hear. This week he closes with, the first will be last and the last will be first. The best way I can explain that to you, best way I can explain that to you, walking up. Best way I can explain that to you is if I am the first one to understand and have the knowledge of who the Lord is, I need to be the one pushing everybody in to what they are in that what they're entitled to, if I can use that language. Push them into their reward. Right? Does that make sense? If I get if I was the first saved in this entire room, which I don't know if I I was, but If I was the first one saved in this entire room, I better be the last one entering and walking through those gates because I'm pushing and saying, no, 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 (laughs) come on, come on, no, 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 get back over. Pushing, 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 right? What we have to understand is when we come to the faith sooner than somebody else, we turn into some sort, and uh, let me finish, some version and some sort of a shepherd. He has passed us and said, hey, there's a reason why I'm allowing you and giving you the gift of salvation. Understand that it's a gift. I'm not entitled to it. It's a gift. He says, here, I made this for you, (laughs) right? It's a gift of salvation. He's saying, hey, Benji, I'm giving you this gift, a.k.a. I'm also giving you a mantle, and you all of a sudden, I'm giving you a staff. So you can start shepherding people that I'm going to make you intersect with so that you can start pushing people into the kingdom. Does this make sense? Why have we not injected that into the way we live? Why have we not taken that mantle and walked in it with all responsibility and willingness? You get it? Why? What's happened to us? Is it jealousy? Is it, oh man, so-and-so's ministry looks much better than mine. (laughs) So I've got to kind of try to compete with them so that I can reach more people? Or am I satisfied with the people that he's entrusted me with? Hello? Is that good enough for me? Right? Right? A lot of people on paper would say, Lex, you have a failing ministry. It's small. (laughs) No, I think I have a very vibrant ministry. People are really contending and going after the Lord. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care if I throw pizza parties and people come. I'd rather say, hey, we're going to worship for what might be too long in your book, but who cares? It's not for you. It's for him. 
and I'm going to push people into a deeper layer of salvation, if I can use that language. Does that make sense? If you know me well, when I read these, it kind of plays like a, a movie in front of my mind. And uh, I, it, <laughs> I, try to, I try to rein that in sometimes because, you know, I want to stay true to the text. But in this, I, I got to thinking of like, okay, why did the Lord, obviously being the master in the story, the, the landowner in the story, yes. Why did the Lord find it justified to pay everybody the same? Right? Obviously, I'm not going to start preaching different layers of heaven because uh, we're not Mormon, right? <laughs> Love them, but we're not Mormon, okay? They're great people. Wish we could be more great like them, but we're not Mormon, you know? Like, uh, it's okay. But I got to thinking, like, because uh, at the end of the day, as you guys know, I, I, I have a full-time job outside of this. And I got to thinking because this is a similar thing that I deal with. I have multiple crews just like these these laborers i have multiple crews i've got seven eight crews that work directly for me and i got to thinking like what's the disconnect here right just in like earthly concepts and i got to thinking because the first group agreed to a wage all the other groups didn't agree to a wage i will pay you what's right he says isn't that fascinating? They didn't agree. They just trusted. A lot of the times, ah, no, I don't want to go there yet. Focus, focus. So as I was kind of reading through this and meditating on this for the last two weeks, I've just been reading and meditating, reading and meditating, and just going after, okay, what's going on here? I got to thinking, was the first group just looking around jealous at everybody and then like they didn't actually accomplish as much as they should have because they were looking around too much instead of focusing on the work that was entrusted to them. Do you get what I mean? Yes. Like think of it. There's a, there's, there's a group here, and this is the plot of land that they're focused on, right? This is the first group. Hey, uh, it's going to be a denarii. You're going to make that your day's wage. It's going to be great. Oh, awesome. I, that's exactly what I need kind of thing, right? They're all stoked. And then they start seeing the master bring in, oh, well, okay, now it's, it's uh, 9 o'clock, right? 9 o'clock, and okay, now we're going to bring in the second group. Here's your plot of land. All right, now it's noon. Now it's 3. Now it's 5. And all of these different groups. I am almost starting to think of like the first group was like, Whoa, why is he bringing all these people in? I'm jealous. I'm jealous of, oh, man, they're not having to work all day. Oh, they're not. Oh, one hour? Why is he bringing in these guys just for an hour? And I think a lot of the times when we, as Christians, start doing the same thing, we start doing the same exact thing, start looking around too much, causing us to take our eyes off of actually the work that he's entrusted us with. When I guarantee, if I can say, the, guy, the group that brought, was brought in at 5 o'clock, they worked 
hard for that hour. And they said, we've got an hour. We've got to bust butt. We've got to do some things, right? We've got to move on this. We've got to do what he has told us to do, and he's just going to pay us what's right. And We're, we're just thankful to be working. Because he said to this group, the, the, the 5 o'clock group, why are you still standing here? Why are you still standing here idle? Such an interesting thing, right? I almost want to say that the five o'clock group was the most obedient group. And the crack of dawn group, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? Who are we? Who do you want to be? Who are we too busy looking around at, oh man, their faith. Oh man, that, that, that faith could move mountains instead of working on mine. Oh man, wow, look at how they pray instead of just praying. Oh man, look at how she takes the platform or he takes the platform. I want that instead of, hey, so-and-so, I've got you right here for this specific reason. Be obedient. Stop looking around. Right? Does this make sense? Did the other workers accomplish more than the guys who worked all day due to his jealousy? Because the all-day crew thought that they were getting a bonus. They thought they were getting a bump. Oh, man, we've been here all day. This is great. Hmm. Nope, they got the same thing. Got the same thing. Okay. But then I got to thinking... On the opposite side, why are you standing here idle? What are you waiting for? What are you doing? That kind of question, right? All of us have been asked that question in one field or another, right? Some of us, hopefully, maybe by the Lord. Guess what? And I, I hope I communicate this right. All of the groups were in the right place to meet the master. Waiters get the same reward. We are a people who wait, not in slow to respond, but if we're in the right place, still, remember, the first group met the master at the same place that the last group met the master. Yes? Are you guys with me? Yes. Am I losing you? Are you okay? Okay, stay with me. They got the same reward. But they were at the same place. And it's almost as if this last group, because the it's not, it's just such a weird question. Why are you standing there? Why have you just been waiting idle? It's almost like he's walked past them before and they didn't respond to the other groups. Are you hearing me? It's almost like that landowner walked walked into their into their midst 
Some of you guys are like, oh, this is, this is me. <laughs> that's great. It took me a long time to, to say, oh, that's the guy I need to hang out with, right? It took me 17 years to figure that out. I was in the right places, but I was not willing to take steps. What I need you to hear, who? What I need you to hear is I don't care if you are the first one to respond in your entire friend group. They're going to get the same reward, and we still need to keep on hoping and praying and contending and saying, hey, they're going to be set up. They're going to be in the right places. Yes? Lord, I, I pray that they would take the step towards you. You get it? Waiters get the same reward. And I know it just like doesn't make sense to our American brain. I know. Because our American brain is, oh, these guys should get paid six denarii. <laughs> Those guys should get half a denarii. <laughs> that even makes sense, right? Do you get it? I don't care if you're the first one to respond or the last one to respond. The response is all that matters, and the reward stays the same. And we're in the right place. It just took a step. It took, oh, that's the guy we need to follow. Okay. And like I said before, are we a people expecting a greater reward doing, due to our extended service? That is all rooted in a works-based faith. Many of you know that you cannot work yourself into heaven. It doesn't work. You can you can try, I, huh? <laughs> Thanks. You can work as hard as you want. It won't work. It literally won't. You might think it is. You can fool yourself for a long time. I did it for a long time, right? I did it for a long time, dude. Oh, I just got to serve in the church. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to just. That's the way, right? And that's what even my church told me. It's like you just serve. And serve and serve and serve. And uh, that was, frankly, I was just cheap labor, you know. <laughs> Sorry. I told them to. It's not like I'm talking behind their back. I told them. But, right, we have to say, well, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord's voice, to the Lord's call in my life. And I'm going to then push people, right, into his midst. Okay. So this is not technically a remez moment um, in, this, in this story, but there's a couple scriptures that kind of nod to Old Testament stuff, really, because that's what Jesus just does. He's saying, hey, remember, remember who I am, right? I'm fulfilling law, and I'm fulfilling everything, yes? So this actually, you can go back if you want to on your own time. I'm not going to read it. But in Deuteronomy 15, verses 7 through 11, it talks about, uh, the Israelites. And the Israelites, again, were the people who were taken out of Egypt to go to the promised land. Yes? One of the Israelites' first commands when they were about to step into the promised land was, you're going to see a bunch of poor people in that promised land. And your first job is to go take care of them. Your immediate job is to go take care of them. And if you don't do that, you're actually neglecting the promise that I've in stored, uh, in stored for you. 
Does this make sense? Okay, it's this beautiful picture of what Jesus is highlighting through this parable. Is hey, as people who have been entrusted with stuff, with positions, whatever it might be, no matter how big, small, whatever it is, as people who have been entrusted with positions, our job is to take care of all. Okay? And you're like, well, how does this relate? Well, because the first shall be last. Yes? I can't force somebody into salvation or else I'd be probably the best pastor ever to walk the planet. And you're like, Lex, you're already pretty good. And I, I'm like, all right, all right, let's settle down. All right, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Titty laughs. What we have to understand is the gift of salvation should be like a wildfire. And what I mean by that is not destructive like a wildfire, but spreading like a wildfire. Okay? It's supposed to catch fire. Somebody is supposed to see the fire on your life. And they're going to say, I want me some of that. Right? You know that's the best testimony? Is, wow, I, I, I had, not to toot my own horn here, so please, I say this with all humility. But I had somebody come up to me and say, hey, due to the way, not, it was a while ago, due to the way that you worship, it showed me that I needed what you have learned. Due to the way you live, it showed me that I need what you have. I've had people say it about me in Madison's marriage. The way you guys tend to each other. I need that. You get it? It's supposed to spread. It's supposed to be that way. I don't know if you guys know this, and I'm sorry if this is maybe an offensive way of saying this. The gospel is the greatest pyramid scheme ever to come out. It is, right? <laughs> think of it. If you truly think of it, it took one thing, and then it's launched this entire pyramid because somebody saw what's on Benji's life and said, I want me some of that. Somebody saw what's on Allie's life, and I want me some of that. Hey, I saw something on Pastor Reese's life, and I want me some of that. I saw something on Steve's life. I want me something on... You get it? It's the ultimate pyramid scheme. And that's the way it's set up. Is that I'm supposed to see something on my life that, give me one sec. They're supposed to see something on my life that is supposed to be contagious and say, whoa, who's Jesus? Right? Just like the Queen of Sheba. Think of the Queen of Sheba. When she walked into Solomon's house, she said, whoa, look at this place. There is a Lord. She marveled at the way the table was set, and so there's a Lord. There is a God. She marveled at the way the stairs were put together. She marveled at the way this was put together, the way the waiters and waitresses were dressed, and said, there's a God. You get that that's the same thing that's on you. We're supposed to be. Right? Isn't that beautiful? That's how contagious it's supposed to be. Like that contagious. Beautiful. What's up? Yeah, great. 
I love it. That's probably better said. That's awesome. Thank you. So that's Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 11, right? This is your promised land, but there's poor people in it. I need you to take, walk into it and then say, hey, guess what we've got? Right? Just like the way that, uh, 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 I don't have silver. Oh, gosh, what's their names? I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, oh, gosh, I'm a pastor. Peter and Peter and somebody. Who cares about the money that you can give somebody? What you do have is the power of God Almighty in you. Do you get it? That's the beauty, okay? The Israelites had testimony, dude. They had birds fall out of the sky so that they could eat. They had bread show up in the morning so that they could eat. They had water spouting out of rocks so that they could drink. They had a sea split in front of them so that they could go. <laughs> Come on. They had something to tell. This goes way beyond money. I don't really care about money, right? This goes beyond money. It says, hey, here's what I've got for you. This is what the Lord did for us. And he's about to do the same thing for you. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. So that's Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 11. The other one that he kind of nods to is, uh, is actually Levitical law. In Leviticus 19, 15, but also Deuteronomy 24, 15, it talks about kind of the same things. Put it in your notes. Read it later. Okay? Just trust me and tell me if you don't agree with me after you read it. Levitical law was you pay people immediately. Once they finish their day of work, you pay them right away. Okay? American culture is work two weeks, work a month, and then you'll then get paid, right? Okay? Levitical law was, okay, you finished your day of work. Great. I'm going to pay you what you're due now. If you hired somebody, you paid them. What the cool thing in this is, is the Lord does not withhold anything immediately. Did you hear me? The Lord doesn't withhold anything immediately. He paid them right away what is due. So what am I saying? The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who pays immediately the reward that they're due. Are you hearing me? Hello? This is really cool. This is really cool. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who pays the reward immediately. A lot of us think everything's going to be butterflies and rainbows when we get to heaven. And yes, that is true. There's going to be no weeping and gnashing of teeth. Sorry. Okay? <laughs> There's not going to be any of that. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be lovely. And we're all going to worship. Okay, you thought worship was long tonight? <laughs> You're going to be really bored in heaven. Okay, <laughs> probably won't like it. <laughs> Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said it, but it's true, okay? At least we have different songs. They sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. All the time. That's all they sing. That's beautiful. Yes? 
Christian's like, well, I'm a lyricist. I need to have lyrics to express my emotions. I pick on him because I love him. The kingdom of heaven is like a master who does not withhold anything right away. We don't have to wait until heaven to experience heaven. We don't have to wait until a destination, until our life is over, to experience what the Lord has in store for us today. Do you get it? The kingdom of heaven is now. The Lord said, pray like this, on earth as it is in heaven. So that's a real reality that we get to step into today, tomorrow, Every day. It's a real reality. You hear me? This is not getting you excited. You're like, well, why am I miserable? Well, we'll talk about that later. Stop being miserable. You've got Almighty inside you. That's the cool part. <laughs> right? Things can go a little weird sometimes. I get it. I'm in it sometimes. But at the end of the day, the kingdom of heaven is like somebody who's obedient with the work that he's entrusted you with. And then he, he, he rejoices over giving you the reward immediately. Do you understand that the Levitical law was fulfilled through just this simple story? And it's, this parable is not just a cute little Sunday school story. It's actually something that is to interject or inject, not interject, inject truth into us so that we can have a deeper understanding of what he wants and how he wants us to live. The kingdom of heaven is like heaven now. How do I say it differently? If what you're going through tonight won't exist in heaven. What's up? I know this is, this is, I know I'm teetering a line here. I get it. But I know what I'm saying. If it can't exist in heaven, why is it existing now? You're a child of him. Yes? I get that things come up, but hey, my reality needs to be heavenly. And yeah, I get it. I've got, I'm, I've got healings that I'm, I'm contending for that have not come to fruition yet. I get it. But if he said it, it's true. Hello? He didn't just say anything, just say things to say things like we talked about last week. He didn't just say like, whoa, the weather. <laughs> he said, calm. You get it. He gives right away without delay. I'll close with this. The cool thing, I don't know why I said that. I've never said that. I, have I said that before? Gosh, get that out of me. The cool thing is, is the, the master, the Lord, shows up multiple times during the day to woo people into his environment. Right? 
so that that person that you're praying for, that that situation, that breakthrough that you're praying for, keep on going. Keep on praying for it. Keep on interceding for it. Because it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. You hear me? It's just a matter of time. He withholds nothing. Let's just increase our willingness, increase our obedience, and not focus on the reward as much as getting a smile on our master's face. Right? Here's where I'm at. And I know that this might be a weird thing to say. But I really mean this. And as I was reading this, and this just kept on hitting me, and the Lord asked me, would you still serve me if there was no reward? It's not like him to just withhold a reward, obviously. So understand that. But he kind of prompted me, would you still serve me as if there was zero reward? And I kind of wrestled back and forth of like, well, I know the right answer. <laughs> and I know the wrong answer. But what's my answer? Where am I at? Where am I at in this? Would I still serve him if I didn't get to inherit heaven? And I want to leave you with that question. Is his character enough? Or are we too focused on what he does for us instead of who he is? Because if his character is enough, I understand that he loves me to such an extravagance that, yeah, there's got to be a blessing. <laughs> and his goodness has such an extravagance to it that of course there's going to be a blessing. But if I'm focused on the blessing, I lose sight of him. Hello? If I'm focused on the blessing, I will always lose sight of him. We need to be focused on him before we even think about rewards. So we start thinking just about rewards. We think our, our, our entitlement's showing. He doesn't owe me anything. Right? <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't owe me anything. You think that, oh, Jesus died so that he could have me. I owe him everything. Because of who he is not what he does. Are you hearing me tonight? He's always looking. He's always there. But I need to come to a point where the master spoke and I agreed to the wage. And I'm pleased. Not looking anywhere else. I could care less what the last guy's got. All I'm, care to, all I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be working for him. That's where we need to be. I'm happy just to be in his courts. I'm happy just to be in his field. I'm happy just to pluck grapes for him. If that's the, if that's the thing he's got for me and it's not preaching to you or leading worship to you or whatever that means, I'm cool with just picking grapes, dude. I don't need a platform. It's fun. It's also really stressful. <laughs> it's also super intimidating. 
because some of you guys won't actually read your Bible at all this week, and you're going to just hang on every single word I just spoke instead of getting into the truth every single day. Right? And I've got to make sure that I'm right before the Lord before I ever open up my mouth. Sometimes the platform is a little scary. Right? <laughs> you ever thought of it that way? <laughs> I want to preach, man. I've got something to say. Careful. <laughs> Careful. You're going to be judged harsher, actually. Sign me up. You get it? Stop focusing on platforms and rewards and blessings. Focus on him. What you'll quickly realize is that everything, when you behold him properly, everything else becomes a byproduct. Everything else just becomes a byproduct. There's no reason I should have the job that I have. There's zero reason. Straight up. And there's no reason they should be paying me the money that they're paying me. And there's no reason that Reese Bowling, of all people, should say, hey, you want to work for me? I want you to be a pastor here. Zero reason. <laughs> you should see my ministry resume. <laughs> She's like, that's all you did? Yeah. But you get it. You see what we sing here. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Holy, holy, holy. It's all I've got. If I behold him properly, everything else becomes a byproduct. Are you hearing me? Be obedient with what he's entrusted you with even if it doesn't look the way it's supposed to in your eyes. Yes? He gave you a plot of land, and you're lucky to be on it. Yeah? How cool is that? You're lucky to get to touch those grapes that somebody's going to have for communion. You're lucky to touch those grapes that somebody's going to enjoy in communion. It's a vineyard. It's a beautiful imagery. Does that make sense? Yes? Okay. I don't have application points. You're adults. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your affection, your love. And thank you that you are worthy of being worshipped. That you are full of glory, full of beauty, honor. And we just want to praise you. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would inject a willingness into every single heart, mind, and soul in this place right now. Spirit of contentment with the mantle that's been given. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We honor you. We surrender to you anew every day. In Jesus' name, amen.